Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Today's uh, message, if I was going to title it, I'm not very good with titles, is it's real simple. I don't want it. I don't want it. Somebody say that with me. Say, I don't want it. John 4. You don't even know what you don't want yet. John 4. We're going to look at John 4. We're going to start with verse 4. We're going to start with verse 4. And it says this. It says, this is a kind of a familiar scripture. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God. You know, I think sometimes if we realize, like if we knew the plans he has for us, there's some decisions that we wouldn't be making. If we knew the, the plans that he has for us, we wouldn't be taking that job. We wouldn't be dating that person. We wouldn't be in that relationship. We wouldn't be participating in that conversation. If we only knew, you would realize that you were created with a purpose, on purpose, to fulfill his purpose. If you only knew the gift of God, who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us, all the, well, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. We'll identify it here, here in just a moment. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Verse 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23, yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, it says, the woman said, I know that Messiah is coming, called Christ. I know that he's coming, but when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
In verse 27, just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with this woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? Verse 28, listen to this. It says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way toward him. I love the concept of friends. I'm not talking about the TV show. All right, I've never actually seen an episode, and I'm very proud of that. All right, so, and, and if you love the show, it's, it's, it's near here or there, but I actually love the concept of friends. I have a lot of different friends in my life. I have a lot of different people in my life. Most of us, if we think about it, we love these friends that can kind of make us laugh at times, right? You love to, to call up a friend, and they can, they can just make you laugh. Or there are some of those friends that maybe they know how to tell a good story. You know, you can just listen to them. They can just tell you a good story. Or maybe, you know, you're going through a tough time, an emotional time, and you got that friend that, that you can call up and just cry and just, and just talk to them. And they just sit there, and they're just that type of person that just listens to you. Love those type of friends. I also, I got, I got friends that I will call up and just talk to for hours about college football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have those type of friends. Like, just people that I can call and just hang out with and just, and, and if I know I want to have, a, like, a good time, there's a specific type of friend that I'm going to call for that. You guys know that. If I need somebody, if we're going to go into a prayer, we're going to call that person for that, for that time. And, but, you know, one of the other things that I love is all of us have those, like, techie friends, right? Or what I like to call is nerd friends. You know, these are the guys that when my phone is broke or my email is not coming to me or my computer's messed up, I just hand it off to Pastor Brody or Pastor Brock. And I say, hey, can you guys fix this? You know, like this is this messed up. We, we all have those type of friends. I, I also, you know, if you, you, you have those guys that are kind of like those smart friends is what I'd call them. Like, those, they're the type of people that, like, when you're following them around or you're listening to them, you need a dictionary in order to translate what's being said to you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're the type of people that speak in three and four syllables, and they actually understand what they're saying. And they actually say it in the proper way. You know, I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like when they're talking to you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what they're saying. I'll look at Pastor like, Pastor, can you interpret this? Like somebody interpret this for me. I, that, those are those type of friends. They're the type of person that you would that you would use your phone a friend if you're playing like trivial pursuit or whatever. If you if you have that opportunity and you don't know the answer to the question, you're gonna call that person up. That type of friend. But here's my favorite type of friend, my favorite type of person are my honest friends. My honest friends. All right, they're the type of people that when, they're, when you're talking to them, when you're having a conversation to them, and your breath stinks a little bit, they'll be like, hey, here's a Tic Tac. Here's some Altoids. Hey, your breath's reeking. It's messed up. You know, they're that type of friend. Or they'll be like, you, you'll come out, and you're like, you're ready to go out and hang out with them, and they're like, man, that outfit, you're wearing that? That doesn't even match. Pastor Josh, those jeans are a little bit too skinny. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a little bit too, hey, 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 you, you know, maybe you need to change up this way. I love those type of friends because I'm the type of guy that's going to be honest with you. You know, if I'm your friend, I'm going to be honest with you. And if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. 
whether you agree with my perception of it or not, I'm going to tell you what I feel and what I sense in that moment. Do you, you get what I'm saying? I love honest friends. I love people that are honest with me. I love people that, are, that, are, that will tell you those type of things. But here's what happens a lot of times. If you're walking down the street and you had just a random person come up to you and tell you your breath stinks or tell you your clothes don't match, that's all, that's wrong. You know what you would do? You would look at them and you'd be like, man, you're a hater. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Why? Because you don't know the spirit of the person. You don't know what, you don't know why they're saying it. It's like, why can you, you can't tell me that. I don't know you. I'm not your friend. You know, just some random person coming up to you and, and telling you, hey, this is what you ought to do and this is what you should do. You, you wouldn't listen to that. You would be like, man, they're, man, they're trying to make me drink the haterator. They're drinking haterade. They're doing all that kind of stuff. I don't want nothing to do with that because I don't know the spirit. And what Jesus says in this passage of scripture, he says, I'm looking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. He says, I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. What was he saying? The two go hand in hand. He didn't say laziness in truth. He didn't say discontent in truth. He didn't say any of those things in truth. He said, I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. What spirit? A kingdom spirit. A godly spirit. A Jesus spirit. But what type of truth? The truth that's found right here in this word right here. Anything outside of this truth is not truth. I know in culture and in our society, they're trying to rewrite this truth. And there's been a generation that because they don't know the word of God, and because they don't know what it says, they've allowed a generation to rewrite and to add to this book. But I want to tell you right now that this truth right here is infallible. This truth right here holds true. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It's the same yesterday today and forever it's not given to the idea that it's never that's never going to change it's given to the idea that it never needs to change because what's inside of this book is so weighty and it's so it's so strong that it holds no matter what the circumstance no matter what the season no matter what the environment that we're in it's the truth of the word of the lord you know there's a generation that watch a tiktok video and think they got the truth for 30 seconds I want to encourage you, before you start basing your beliefs off of a video, before you start basing your beliefs off of what somebody else is saying, get into this truth for yourself and dive into this book. Because Jesus is looking for a generation that will worship him in spirit and in truth, that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And, in, and here's what happens. I love this. Jesus, when he approaches this woman, he doesn't, he doesn't approach her with disrespect. He doesn't approach her with like a mean spirit. You know, like in church world, we've lost a lot of connections with people because of our approach towards them. You know, there's this old school statement that you said, you got to catch the fish before you clean them. And see, the church, in a lot of ways, we've turned a lot of people away because we've been, we've been a little bit more concerned about their dirt than we have been their soul. You understand? We've been so, we've been so consumed. With the fact that they're, they may be a little bit off. Well, they don't talk like me. They don't dress like me. They don't, they don't say things like me. They don't say hallelujah after every statement. They don't do those type of things. 
So they obviously can't know Jesus. I want to challenge you that in this day and age, we've got to learn to have conversations with people. A post is not going to get it. So many times we think that we can post something and it's just going to make everything better. No, your post is usually more divisive than what you realize. Because I don't know the spirit. I don't know who's backing it. I don't know you. And so you see this. He's like, he's like, I'm looking for people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. And he approaches this woman. In a, in a, he didn't approach her in a disrespectful way or, or mean way. And, and here's what he does. He, he approaches her now in the same way that he wants her to live. And because of this approach, what Jesus knows in this moment is that it, if, if she will receive this, she will actually become it. And so what he knows in this moment is like if she receives what, what's about to happen, she'll, she'll, she'll actually be coming. And so I believe that the point of this conversation that he has with this woman is the same conversation that he's wanting to have with us today. What is he saying? I want to ask you the same question that Jesus is essentially asking this woman. What is in your jar? What is in your jar? What have you been consuming? What... Do you find yourself drinking? I want you to hear me. What do you find yourself drinking? Because I promise you whatever you put in is going to come out. Amen. There's an old principle that I used with our youth group for a long time, and they, I, they know it. They can tell you it. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, I don't know about you guys. I love Mexican food. Love it. I, I could eat Mexican food every day. I mean, I could go Rosie's. I could go all those different places. I'd be like, man, I, I can eat it every single day. I love it. And we got the opportunity to take a trip to Sintalapa where we had authentic Mexican food. And if you're a guy in here and you've never been on one of our mission trips, you're missing out. We have, we have a blast. We have a blast building the kingdom. But here, here's what we did. We were all sitting down and we've been eating and just fellowshipping. It was incredible. And, man, I loved it. I was eating everything they threw in front of me, you know. Like, I, I, you know, like, man, I love it. It's authentic. Man, this is cool. I don't know if it's a cow's tongue. I don't know what I'm eating, but it's like, it tastes good. We're good. You know, sometimes they were telling me there's something weird in it. I was like, I don't know. It tastes good. Let's go. Just don't tell me, you know. But there was one night in particular that the guys got all fired up, and they decided to do this taco eating contest. Yeah, some of the guys know. They, got, they, they were excited about it. They got fired up. And so I was like, well, I, you know, I'll participate for a minute. So I ate about five or six. You know, Pastor Bright ate about 20. Pastor Millie, I don't even know how many he ate. And then there was like another guy that ate like 35. I mean, they were like, Ruh. and so he, he won. But here, here's what happened. There was something that like was wrong with it. You ever had that moment? Like a food poisoning type thing? There was something that was wrong with it. There was something that was a little bit off with it. And so I want to I want to encourage you. I want I want you to understand what I'm saying is that everything that I put in in that moment, I have a video. I'm at, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't tell Pastor that. Don't tell Pastor that. Y'all don't tell him that. But what am I saying? Whatever you take in is eventually going to come out. That's why Jesus right away approaches this woman and says, "Give me a drink." I want you to give me a drink. What do you have to offer me? It stumps this woman in this moment because all he's really after is what she's consuming. What is she consuming? And what he's actually saying is that there is a certain drink 
There is a certain water that if you drink this water, you'll never have to come back here and thirst again. If you take what I'm about to give you, you're going to experience a life that I've called you to. You're going to begin to walk in purpose that I have for you. You're going to begin to walk in a destiny that I have for you. The issue for you is that you've been going about this the wrong way. The issue is that you've been drinking from the wrong faucet. You've been drinking from the wrong well. You've been drinking from the wrong spot. And so what he was wanting to do for this lady and what he's wanting to do for all of us today is to point us in the right direction. Is to point us in the right direction. The truth is just because it's water doesn't mean it's right. The truth is just because it's right there in front of you doesn't mean it's right. The truth is just because it's on a video or it's on some kind of post doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean I have to participate in it. Doesn't mean I have to be involved in it. Just because they say it's truth does not mean it's actually right. Jesus very specifically says, I want to give you living water, which means that not all water is created equal. There's different types of water. There's pure water and impure water. There's clean water, dirty water. There's bitter water. Just because it's water doesn't mean that I should take it in. Don't believe me? Next time that you're ready to brush your teeth, go find you some pool water that's full of chlorine. Dip it all up in there. And brush your teeth. You know what happens? It's going to be nasty. Hey, the next time you're super thirsty and you're at the beach, you're having a good time, you have a little cup, go out into the water. Take you a big old glass and you know, get you a big old sip of that salt water. You know, next time you're thirsty and you want some of that Fiji water, go to the beach and get you some of that and see. Well, if it's not different, it's different. It won't work. Why? Not all water is good for you. And what Jesus is saying is that you have purpose, that you have destiny. But I want you to know that you've been consuming the wrong thing. You've been consuming the wrong thing. See, God is after our intake this morning. Did you hear me? He's after our intake. What have you been consuming? What have you been drinking? What have you been taking in? What have you been sipping on? You see, there's a generation right now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. There's a generation right now, from adults to young people, that's saying, don't ask me what's in my jar. Don't ask me what's in my jar. You see, I want, I want to encourage you with this. Jesus wants to know what's in your jar. He wants to know what's in our jar. He, wants, he says, what are you taking in? That may be the reason that some of us are reacting in, in a bitter way is because we're taking bitterness in. Maybe some of us, we're, we're so frustrated and angry, but, you know, we've, all we've been doing is reading things that make us frustrated and angry or doing things that make us frustrated and angry. We're taking things in that, doesn't, that we shouldn't be taking in. We've been consuming the wrong things. The very reason why you're so negative, sorry, is because you're adding, it's going to get better. It's because you're adding other ingredients to this truth. Do you understand? When it comes to the living water. It doesn't need anything else added to it. When it comes to Jesus, he doesn't need anything added to it. He doesn't want you to add to it. In fact, when I add something to it, it actually makes it less valuable in my life. This water that he gives us is pure water. It's things that, that can break off things in our life. It can break off depression. It can break off those thoughts that, we've been, that have been consuming us in our life. This is the type of water he wants to give you and I. And so when you look at it, the moment that you add to it, you lose value. It loses value the moment we add a bag of our culture. It loses value. But I really like it. But I really like it. You know what you're doing in that moment? You're tainting the water. 
The moment you add the different truth, it messes with the whole thing. And Jesus says, I don't want you to add anything to what I'm about to give you. I want you to operate in everything I have for you. You take this in. And you will become the man or the woman of God that I've created you to be. Here's the truth. I can only lead you to the well. I can't make you drink. Here's the truth. You know, when we have this opportunity to fast, pastor can only lead you to the well. Uh oh. He can't make us drink. Last night I watched nothing but revival videos. I spent last night just watching these different videos and stories of revivals and how God moved and how God was just showing up in these different places. And, and there was one thing that they, that all these leaders, these, these leaders that saw these amazing moving guys, there's one thing that they said uh, that, that they all had in common. It's like the people were so hungry that they were so fed up with the way culture was at the time. They were so hungry. They were ready for a move of God. I can lead you to the well, but I can't make you drink. So Jesus is saying, Let's have an honest conversation. I'm looking for worshipers. I'm looking for people that will worship in spirit and in truth. I, I, not, not prove a point in truth. Not ego in truth. I, I don't, I'm not looking for people that know how to fill a spot on the stage. Or who need to be in the spotlight. Or who need to do something good so they can post it on social media. I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is people that are willing to be obedient in this hour. I'm looking for people who are ready to run to me and be hungry for me so that we can see a revival in this generation, so that we can see transformation in this generation. Our kids depend on this. I don't want to live in a generation where my kids don't experience revival. And I believe that I hold, that we hold a key to what God is wanting to do in this culture. And we got to begin to use it. So here's what happens. When Jesus checks us on our diet... I don't like to be checked on my diet. Anybody else? I don't, like, I don't like it. But when he checks us on our intake, it's not enough just to have a conversation. There are actually some choices that have to follow. And so what I love about this woman is immediately she makes a decision. If you give this water to me, stay with me. If you give this water to me, I won't have to return here. If you give this water to me, I won't have to return here. Here. Let's say this area right over here is your here. This is the place that you return to. This is the place. And she keeps returning to it and says, on a daily basis, I return here because I think that this here, right over here, is going to quench my thirst. I think that this here is going to satisfy me. Because let me challenge you. Let me, let me, let me say something to you. There are going to be moments in your life where you find yourself thirsty. There are going to be moments in your life where you find yourself longing to be consumed. There are going to be moments in your life where you're looking for an itch to be met. If, you just, if I just go back there, if I just go back there, if I go back to that place, then maybe I'll be helped. It seems like a good idea in the moment, right? It seems like a good idea in the moment, but here's what happens. In fact, it doesn't satisfy at all. It may feel like your belly is full for a few hours. It may feel like your stomach is full for a few hours, but the next morning you wake up with regrets. It may, it may meet your need in a second, but the next day you wake up completely convicted. Why did I do that? Why did I look at that? Why did I have that conversation? Why did I go there? I was doing so good. And I walked right back over there. 
Isn't it amazing that when we're doing good, I hate that kind of term, but like when we're doing good, that we tend to reward ourselves with the very thing that he brought us from? The very thing that we, we walked out of, he, he brought us from. It's like, for some of us in this room, it's like, man, man, I haven't been in the club for about 11 months. But it's, my birthday's coming up. And so, uh, y'all didn't know, nah. <laughs> hey, I've, I've been set free from this for a couple, several years. But here it is. I know people that have been set free from alcoholism. From that abuse. And I know that they've been, there's been people I know for a fact. They've been set free from years and years and years. And one night, they decided to go back to a place that they hadn't been to in 20, 30 years. And then they wound up in the same routine, in the same spot that they were in prior to that moment. Just because they decided to go back. They decided to go back there. And so it's amazing that when he leads us from this situation or leads us out of this bondage or leads us out of this, this, these chains and this addiction that we tend to reward ourselves with the very thing that he just let us out of. I don't know where your here is, but you know where your here is. You know how to identify your here. What's your here that you turn to when you're feeling lonely? What's your here that you turn to when you're feeling thirsty? What's the here that you return to when you're feeling fear? What is the here that you go back to when you're tired and when you start feeling sorry for yourself because things aren't going your way or because there's been a struggle or you've been wrestling with some things? What is the here that you tend to return back to? You see, we've got to have an honest conversation with Jesus. We need to have a conversation. What he's trying to say to us today is if you, if you could just give us if you, just, if you would just take this living water that I'm trying to give you, you will not have to return here any longer because I have everything that you need. I satisfy. Where is your here? And so what I, what I find so beautiful about this story is that Jesus doesn't meet. Is, it, I, I think this is such a cool concept. Is he doesn't meet her over there. And then point out her here. He doesn't meet her over there and point out her here. He shows up at her here. He shows up right where she's at. Yes, yes. He shows up right where she's at. You know why? Because Jesus is not afraid of your mess. Jesus is not afraid of your situation. There is no place that Jesus will not invade on your behalf. There is no place that, that the enemy has such a foothold that the enemy that Jesus can't jump in and break free in that moment, break you free in that moment. I want you to understand that Jesus showed up in a manger. He's not picky where he shows up. And so he shows up at this woman's place. And Jesus tells her, he says, I'm here. To take you away from here. Because this is the here that's been ruining you. Every time you go to that website. Every time you look at that post. I know that this isn't popular. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm, 
I'm seeing kids addicted to pornography at 10 years old. I'm seeing people that are bound with addictions at 9 and 10 years old. And I'm going to tell you, it starts with the people in this room saying, I'm willing to lay down the phone. I'm willing to lay down the website. I'm willing to lay down whatever it is because I'm running for a generation I may never see. Did you hear me? And so he says it. It's like, man, I, what's that website? He's saying, I want to take you. From this here. Every time you go back to this place, I want to take you from this here. Every time you engage in that conversation, every time you go back to that relationship, every time you call that guy or you call that girl that you haven't spoken to in forever, every time you go back here, if you'll just give this to me, you won't have to return here any longer. What she does next is oftentimes what a lot of us do when we're going through all the emotions, did you hear me? When we're going through all the emotions of the very place that we meet, need to be delivered from, what we minimize what's happening. What, what, what am I saying? It's like she minimizes what's actually happened. You know, it's, it's the same emotions that you and I face every time that there, we come up to this, this wall or this valley of decision where we have to make this, we have to decide who we're going to be, what we're going to do. And, and, and if something's like pushing on where we're at in the season or in that moment, you know, it's like, man, it's, it's easy to bring, to make that, to, to minimize that moment. And she says this, she says, you must be a prophet. She, she's talking to Jesus. All right. You must be a prophet. We all, we do this all the time when we're trying to rationalize it, right? Of course, they're going to bring that up because he's a pastor. Of course, he's going to bring that up because he's supposed to. <laughs> of course, we're going to bring this up. Typical pastor, typical preacher, it's just not that big of a deal. Minimize the moment. You see, to refer to Jesus in this moment as a prophet is actually to minimize this encounter that's actually happening. Like, he's a prophet. We know that, right? We know that he's like, he's, he's like a prophet, but he's so much more than a prophet. He's actually the son of God. He's not just some religious man. He's not just some religious guy. This is the son of God. This is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is Jesus right here in flesh, right here in front of you. And here's, here's what we do all the time. We'll minimize that moment. This is not these words that were coming from Jesus. They just weren't like nice words in that moment. This is the word that's speaking. And the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and it came in flesh, and his name is Jesus. You see, when Jesus approaches you, when he challenges you on something, when Jesus points out something in your life, that's not the moment to minimize the word. That's not the moment. That word you got, I want you to hear me, is trying to keep you from making some of the other words bigger than his. Bigger than his. The word you got is trying to keep you... Uh, from other choices and other decisions that you shouldn't be making. God, if you would just give this to me, we wouldn't have to return here. Where is your here? You see, Jesus doesn't just save you from sin. He saves you for a purpose. And see, when I realize that he saves me for a purpose, it makes me worship different. I praise different. I serve different. Why? Because I know that there's something on the inside of me that he's called me to do. I know there's greatness on the inside of me. I'm not just saved from sin. I'm saved for a purpose to make a difference in everything that I do. So where is your here? Because Jesus is looking for the kind of worshiper that worships in spirit 
and in truth. But you must leave your here. I'm looking for those type of people. But you must leave your here. I've heard pastors trash this woman. I've heard her, I've, I've heard this woman be referred to as a you know, harlot. I've heard her, I've heard people speak, actually speak very nasty about this woman. I think, I think you have to dig a little bit deeper though. I think you have to dig a little deeper because I don't think that this was necessarily a lustful woman. I don't think that this necessarily was a woman that was like just lustful, that was just looking for men and all that kind of stuff. I don't really think that. I think this was actually a desperate woman. I think she was a desperate woman. And she's been sipping and consuming desperation. She finds herself longing for companionship. She finds herself longing for someone to love her and to help her. This is why she keeps making these choices. And they're poor choices after poor choices. She goes with husband number one. She goes with husband number one. And husband number one doesn't work. She goes with husband number two. Husband two doesn't work. Husband number three. That doesn't work. Husband number four. And that, that didn't work out either. Husband number five. And, that's not, and, and now she's six. And she, this isn't her husband. This, this is just somebody in this moment that she's living with him. What she's saying is, so I'm just going to live with this guy until this doesn't work out. And then maybe I'll find someone else. Or maybe something will eventually work out. But even while living with these men, I'm going to keep returning here. I'm going to keep returning here. What is it about this encounter? What is it about this encounter with Jesus where she walks away fulfilled? What is it about this encounter with Jesus where she walks away completely satisfied? You know what it is? Jesus was man number seven. Seven. What does seven represent? We know it represents completion. Because in this moment, she encounters the fullness of who Jesus is. She encounters him. And in that moment, she encounters complete satisfaction. How do I know? How do I know in this moment? Like there's people that would ask me right now, how do you know this? How, 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 do, how can you say that she encounters complete satisfaction? Because the Bible says that she left her water jar there. I left it there. I don't need it if I'm not coming back to it. Uh-oh. I don't need that if, I don't, if I'm not ever coming back to it. I don't need it because I'm not coming back to it. I don't need it because I found the one who can tell me everything about me. I found the one who completely satisfies me. I found the one whose water I, I'm never going to thirst again. So if I'm not going back to it, I definitely don't need it no more. So I'm going to leave this water jar right over there. I'm going to leave it because I don't need it anymore in my life. You see, if I bring it with me, it's just going to serve as a reminder of who I used to be. If I bring it with me, it's just going to serve as a reminder of where I used to go. If I'm not returning here, then I don't need anything to remind me of here. You know the issue why so many of us go back to the places where we should not go back to? Why we call up like an ex on the phone that we know we shouldn't be calling up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not that they've been reaching out to you and so you responded. It's because you didn't delete the song. You didn't delete the picture. You, didn't you thought it would be a cool picture for Throwback Thursday. And what you found out, that doesn't work out so well for you in those moments. You keep returning back to here because you didn't delete it. You didn't get rid of it. What happens is you start walking down this lane and it starts reminding you. 
Starts reminding you of the poor choices that you made. And now because you put it in front of you, you now find yourself wanting to go back here. I get that you like the song. I get that it meant so much to you. I get that like when it plays, you're like, oh. I get that you love the movie. I get that you love the movie. And I get that like when Titanic plays, man, you're like fired up about it for that moment. But listen to me, no movie, no song is worth what God is wanting to do in my life. There's nothing that's worth that. There's nothing worth taking that living water that he's wanting to give us. And so you think about this, it's like, if it reminds you, if that, if that thing that I have in my life reminds me of where I used to go back to, if the laptop is just a window for you to get on some site that you shouldn't be on. I remember a, a young man in our youth ministry that I had, I had honor, and I, I had complete honor for it because he did something I thought that was one of the most radical things ever. I had two guys that I remember that did some crazy things. There was one day I got up and I was talking about purity, and I said, you know what, if that, if that, you know, at that time there was no phones and stuff, so, you know, you need to, if you're a parent here, you need to know what your kids are looking at. Um, but anyways, there was no phones, there was nothing like that, but here, here's what happened. They, this, this young man... Uh, they had computers, and, and, I, and I got up there on one day, and I said, man, if, I, if you're looking at stuff that you shouldn't look at, man, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. Just get bold. Get, you can't be passive about your purity. Amen. You got to be bold about it. And I get a call the next day from an angry mother. <laughs> this young man had taken his computer and smashed it out the window. All right, and so I called him in, and I said, look, man. And his mom was right there at the time. And I was like, you know, this is what I kind of meant with that. And I'm like, you know, it's more of a, you know, <laughs> you know it's not, this is, this, you know, this is, this is more of like a, you know, I'm just showing it to you. You know, it's like I'm just telling you about it. It's like, the, and then, like, his mom left, and I was like, dude, come on, man. That was fire, bro. I'm telling you, man, that was awesome. That was awesome, man. That was awesome. I had, this one, I had this one guy, I had this one guy that after a message, he comes up, and, and I, he didn't tell me anything. He answered an altar call. I was like, man, I'm going to be pure. I'm going to live for the Lord. And this is what he did. This is just, I, I thought this was insane. His mom calls me the next day. So I just saw a purity message again. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. A mom calls me, and she's not really angry, but she's like fishing. And I'm like, you know, I've learned in, the older I've gotten, I'm like, you just tell me what it is. I'm not going to throw information out there. I want you to tell me what's going on. And so she tells me, and she's like, you know, what did, the first thing, the way that she started off the conversation is, what did you say to my son? Uh, what did he say I said? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You pastor, 101. Check. What did he say? Because I, I never knew. You know, it could be anything. And she said, Josh, I came home, and my son's door was off the hinges to his room. And he came to me, and his computer was out in the living room. And he said, Mom, you have access to everything that's in my room. You, I don't want, I, when you walk by, you can look in and see what I'm doing. You, I don't, there is nothing, I don't have anything to hide in this moment. You know what that young man was saying? He was like, I experienced living water. 
I experienced living water. And I used to return to that place, but I'm not going to return here anymore. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up some guardrails in my life. I'm going to set up some strategies in my life so that I can overcome this and so I can walk through this. And so I don't know what your here is. I don't know what you've been dealing with. But my suggestion to you is whatever you've been dealing with, whatever the situation is, is to get rid of it. It's to get rid of it. Don't hold on to it. Don't keep it as a reminder. Don't keep it as, as something that's a memory in your life. Get rid of it. Get rid of the videos. Get rid of the song. Get rid of whatever it is. The longer you keep it, you'll always have a key back to here. So get rid of it. You see, this lady... You know, when I, when I started thinking about it, it's like, when she got the jar, I don't know how, you know, she put this jar down when she left it. I don't know how, I don't know if she dropped it, I don't know if she placed it down, but my re recommendation to Calvary Assembly this morning is to break it. My recommendation to you this morning is to break it. If you had to identify something in your life that you constantly are going back to, hoping and looking that it would fulfill you, what would it be? I promise that no matter what it is, no matter who it is, if it's not found in Jesus, it will never fulfill you. This woman is teaching us something this morning. I want you to hear me. The moment she realized who Jesus was, not only does she go back into the town and say, come meet the man who knew everything about me, but she shows us in this moment an important lesson. Jesus never had to tell her to let go of the water jar. I want the worship team to come up. Jesus never had to convince her to let go of the water jar. You know, in that moment, she didn't need, like, when she left it, when she left her jar, she didn't need, like, an extra session of counseling to figure it out. She didn't say, hey, Jesus, could you, could you talk to me for just a couple more minutes because I'm not really sure about this. No, she experienced life. She experienced fulfillment. And I want you to hear me. Pastor Josh, why are you speaking this on a Sunday morning? First of all, because I could not shake that this was what I was supposed to say to this church. Second of all, if we are going to be the type of church that's in pursuit of him, there's got to be something different about us. We don't, we're not called to blend in. We're called to stand out. We're not called to be ugly and disrespectful to people, but we're called to stand out. We're called to make a difference. There's something that should be unique about us. There's something that should be different about us. Amen. So this woman, so crazy, because you never see in Scripture that Jesus says, hey, I want you to leave your water jar. Hey, can you please, can you do this? You just leave it right over there. And, and he doesn't have to tell her. He, this, is, this, is, this is so crazy. She says... She gets this place of passion. I don't even want it anymore. I don't want it. I met the person. I met the person that knew everything about me. I met the man who could set me free. I met the man, and instantly, everything I've been longing for, all the cravings, did you hear me? All the desires that were for the world and for this and for that, it all changed in one moment because I met the man who had living water, who could change and transform me right there in a moment. And I don't even want this life anymore. I don't want it. I don't want it. 
You think about this. My challenge for us as a church, as I was watching videos of revivals, I was as I was watching, as I was watching what God has done in our culture, I couldn't help but think, and as tears kind of rolling down my eyes, that I wanted that for my kids. I wanted that for this generation. You know, our schools need a move of God. Our families need a move of God. Our relationships, there needs to be a move of God. There needs to be something. I, I, I'm not, I don't want just like, I know it's, it's trendy at times to say revival. It's trendy to use those type of terms. But I'm talking about a, a move of God. What would happen if a church decided to leave their here? What would happen? What could that church do? If they decided to live here. You see, you want to be a type of worshiper that worships in spirit and in truth? Then you better learn to leave your here. If you want to be a type of worshiper that's willing to, to lay it all on the line for Jesus, then you, ne- you get, got to get to this place in your life where you're willing to leave your here. There's some of us in this room, if we're truly honest, I don't care if you're 80 years old or if you're 100 years old or if you're 20 years old or if you're 10 years old. If you're truly honest, there are some water jars that you've been holding on to. There's been some things in your life. I don't care what what season you are with the Lord. I'm telling you, there's some things that you've been looking at. There's some things that you've been holding on to. And what Jesus is saying today is I'm here to take you away from here. But you got to leave your here first. I'm here to take you away. Are there some jars that you've been holding on to? some things that you've been holding on to, some stuff that's been consuming you. And you know what? We can't put these things in a safe place. We can't put them in some closet somewhere. We got to break it. We got to start, it didn't break, did it? We got to start breaking it. We got to start smashing it. I thought it might break a little bit easier than that. But listen, there's some of us, we've been holding on to it too long. And every time that we, that we hold on to it, it's just a reminder of where we used to be. So some of us, instead of like sitting there in some kind of like whatever and just kind of looking at it, you know, just kind of hiding it, kind of keeping it in its place, we got to get to the place to where we break it, where we smash it, we're willing to let go of it. We don't want this anymore. We don't want this anymore. We don't want what that has for us anymore. We want what Jesus has for us. And so I don't know what you need to break today. I don't know what's been consuming you today. I don't know what you've been drinking on today. But I'm telling you that there is a God who is here to give us living water. He's here to give us living water. You don't have to run back to here. You don't have to run back to here any longer. He's here to give you living water. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.